It's the book section of Book Record Beer. It's the book section for your ears, I said. Well, it's the book section of Book Record Beer. All right. This is is something new we're doing for the new year. We're going to give it a try uh, at Book Record Beer. Myself, Mr. DeFranco. And Nick Gregorio is not here. Yeah. Uh, but we've all decided that we're going to give this this thing a try, and every week we're going to put out on Friday a podcast that is much shorter and focuses on one of the elements of you know our title book record beer. So we're going to start with the book first. And you heard that right, folks. Every Friday. That's what we're trying to do. It's consistency and to get more stuff out there to honestly expose people to more stories, more journals, more authors, more bands, more music, and of course more beer. It also gives you an opportunity to bust our balls when it does not happen every Friday. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and it gives you opportunity to hit us up on social media and send us suggestions. We would love to know of any authors uh, and, and music and, and beers that, that we might not have heard of. If you've listened to the previous episodes, we, we do have a certain uh, sort of style or niche that we like. Niche. I didn't know how to say that word. I always read it and I never said it. What'd you say? Like loud. Nietzsche? It's spelled like N I. How do you spell it? N I C H E. That's not the one I was thinking. I was thinking the word chic. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, that's so chick. It's like, what? who's? I've never oh, heard that's that. So chick. I've never heard that in real life, <laughs> but I've seen it written. <laughs> that's true. I always used to say Talbots. Talbots, as yeah. opposed to. I don't know what it actually is. That's why I fuck it up all the time. Like the clothing store. Yeah. Huh. It's not. It can't be Talbots might be Talbots. Is it really? <laughs> Moving on. All right. uh, so we are starting uh, this week. Why don't you introduce it? Because this, this was your choice. I think it's a good one. Okay. So I picked a story from Hobart Pulp. Uh, we were looking for short work um, from, uh, I guess, independent journals. You know, we thought we could do a story from the New Yorker or the Paris Review, but we wanted to keep it a little more indie, as is our style. Uh, so the story is by... Hugo Dos Santos. And I got to tell you, I was attracted to the story just by the name. It's such a fun name. Uh, it's fantastic. And he writes himself into the story. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the story is called Night. And um, I, I guess the other reason I picked it, this is our first episode where Nick is a father. Yes, Nick. Congratulations. Uh, me. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. I have a uh, wonderful baby son named Gabriel. Um, named after Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Right on. The fantastic author. We'll get him on the podcast in a few years when he can speak. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Dude. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it is tough. We think that this is going to be a great way for us to continually put out stuff uh, with the little guy uh, around. Yeah. Yeah. So I read the story, and it's about a father Mm -hmm. who keeps waking up in the middle of the night and finding these creatures, three of them, just about two feet tall, with lab coats, Standing outside of his out of his son's door, and he feels this urge to protect him. Yep. But these things, they overpower him, and in the morning he can't remember. Exactly. Uh, but and then he feels an urge to call his mother. Uh, yes, because uh, there there is a certain connection to her as well with how these creatures in surgical masks tend to uh, yeah. knock him out essentially. Yeah. So so it's a very, very short story. We're not giving anything away by that because I think what the story, where it succeeds beyond its conceit is in, I guess, the telling of the story. It's, it's a very short story. Uh, very fun to be 
in the world where these things happen and then certain what's really the same incident is repeated over and over and certain yeah. lines are repeated over and over so there's uh generally repetition can sometimes work against you but here it, it plays well into that conceit of these things are going to keep happening yeah and how do you deal with them yeah the only real change is that there's um specific dates attributed to each instance mm-hmm. that it happens um i think to start that uh dos santos is incredibly bold not only does he put his full name into the story as the protagonist, he names the story after a Nobel Prize winning, well, not after, but the mm-hmm. same as a Nobel Prize winning, like you, you hear knight yeah. in literature and you think knight, yeah. right, by uh, Elie Weissel. And uh, that I thought was, it's just super bold, everything that, that he's done. The repetition is super bold. As you said, that can go against you almost immediately. Some people check out the second time that they that they see that. But I was intrigued because it was very intriguing. And the story of the short, when it happened, I was like, oh, is this going to be... Yeah. Do I know the story already? Well, it's like um, if you were a dinosaur, my love, where every the end of every paragraph begins the next paragraph. Do you, have you ever familiar no, with that I story? That's a good one, listeners, if you, if you haven't read it. It's really, really good. Um, that one has won the Hugo or whatever. Okay. So that's what baby. Uh, won the Hugo. Yeah. And connect to it. There, was, there we go. Lots of connections <laughs> here. So this just came out on January 3rd. This is yet. This is yesterday. Yeah. Right? I this, love that you picked it. This story is fresh. Yeah. So tasty. Yeah. So hot. Uh, check it out at hobartpulp.com. It's under fiction. It's probably on their homepage still. Click night. It is. Yeah. Um, I don't have one of those uh, readers where it tells you like how long it would take you to read this, but you could, you could, crank this baby out in one poop probably less so. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's super short it's it's i would i would be surprised if it was um more than like 700 words yeah so we previously talked about flash fiction and i could argue that this is probably bordering on microfiction. yeah which makes it incredibly hard to tell a full story because all stories should be full stories right um even if they're only hinting at a full story if you're working with like the vignette, vignette form or something like that. Um, we talked about Shasta Grant's collection of very short stories before. Yeah. And uh, the strengths of the short form. What do you think of about his... The writing isn't... There's nothing really magical about it other than the conceit. You know, he's, it's not a lot of rich language. It's yeah. very... It's, it's plainly told. Uh, For sure. So how do, you, how do you think that he succeeded... In, in achieving a, a well-rounded story without that device. So, oh, um, so without the device of, of, of like Playing really, really language. dense language. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, I, I think that where he succeeds is, is the relatability um, because what he's talking about essentially here is, uh, I thought, regret, that there's this overarching sort of theme of regret with each passing thing. The date is attributed to something uh, that has happened to his mother and he awakes mm-hmm. and feels that need and sort of that pang uh, of regret to get in contact with her. And so I thought that that is something, once you reach adulthood, it'd be interesting because I'm not sure that I could teach this. I was actually thinking about it because I love bringing new, especially brand new stories to the class and teaching mm-hmm. the students. Um, and I'm not sure that this would resonate with them because you almost have to be an adult 
who has been away from your parent for long enough to feel the need to be in contact them or them or recognize that you haven't, um, and they are living with them. So I'm not sure that that would work. Emotional resonance. Yeah. Right. Stories should should resonate with with the reader after they're done reading it, and I think that, I guess that's where he succeeds. So I was actually I was questioning that myself as yeah. I was asking you the question. <laughs> like, uh, do, do you think he actually succeeds? Yeah. Yeah. I I can't say that I wasn't left feeling like. I wanted a bit more to really get a grasp of certain things they threw in. I think that it's another one where it's going to take a little bit to unpack a number of the things because I listed just looking at there's there's a specific point that he says about loss of memory mm -hmm. that shows up throughout. Um, and And I couldn't help but feel this overwhelming draw or resonance with uh, this idea of the paternal instinct that he's touching upon as well here. Um, and so those things, I think, especially when you get to the end, are very, very strong. Um, what leaves and what stays, you know. And and so that I had a little bit of a, a tough time with because, you know, I know having brought Gabriel home that night, the first night home, and even the first night in the hospital, I must have woken up, I mean, maybe every 15, 20 minutes to put my finger under his nose to make sure that he wow. was still alive, you know. And it's one of those things that you talk to new parents and everybody says that. I don't think there's one person I've talked to who didn't say something like that. Like, oh my God, I thought he was dead. I thought yeah. he has to be dead. He hasn't moved in however long. You know, I'm really, <laughs> they're, they're asleep. And if you took a second more, you'd know that they were asleep or if you didn't panic, you know. Right. Um, and so that idea of waking up in sort of this this cold sweat and 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 having this urge to go in and protect your child, or, you know. So every time he wakes up, he has to urinate, yeah. which is this physical, uh, this need, this urge that, you know, you have to like it's gonna stay until you yep until you take care of it. Absolutely, yeah, that's really true. So it's yeah. like this little needling thing that my my son or, or my child or yep. you know, I mean this could be a metaphor for other things, but uh sure. You know, I, I think you're right though. It, could a younger person that hasn't you know, they're still living with their parents or they haven't been away from their parents for a long time, could they feel the yeah. same like overwhelming desire like because that's the thing, like time is, I, I think, what actually um, creates regret. I think it's an unaddressed sort of feeling where you can still put it on the back burner and you don't necessarily have to address it right now. Mm -hmm. It's like the deadline has not yet come. Whereas once that once a certain amount of time has passed, the deadline has come and gone. And now you're just in that you're, you're in the red. And, and the protagonist, Hugo, in the story you know, we could argue that he, you know, that deadline, or, or let's say the the writer, Hugo Dos Santos, he made a decision to kind of continually push the same button in the story. Yeah. And I think in, in, a, in a lesser story, it wouldn't have resonated, it wouldn't have reached the depths that it does at the end. He does a number of things that, that arguably, I guess, new writers especially, like, quote, shouldn't do, right? Mm -hmm. Using the, the conceit of having the same thing mm -hmm. over and over again in such a short story, and also... Um, putting yourself in, but lastly, having it be a dream, you know, I mean, uh, in some way that have the dream thing in there, that, not that he wakes up, it's all dream, but yeah. that there is the, the element of the dream in there. Um, I think that that, they're all just bold choices and somehow he makes them all work. And perhaps, and this is what I was going to pose to you, do you think that this is cyclical, that these things are seen as sort of cliche or taboo for a while and then someone does it well and it comes back again? 
No, but I think this is is, <laughs> is an example of, you know, when I teach rules for writing, I always say to the students, I say, well, for every rule that I'm going to teach you, you're going to read something, and someone, they break that rule, and they do it so yeah. beautifully that you feel like that you can do it, but you've got to be very, very... Um, Judicious? Yes, uh, when you're going to do that. You, and I think you have to be an experienced and honed writer. You I know, totally agree. Uh, I think Rilke in his letters to a young poet was saying, like, why are you writing about love? Like, it's so easy to write about love, but yeah. yet it's probably the hardest thing to write about well, Yeah, you know, as a young person, because you just haven't had the experience. And I think that's what the story touches on, is the experience. And since the character has had these experience, a lifetime of experiences, essentially, yeah, he can write, you know, in a fashion that is... Um, you know, if you looked at it from a, a lesser writer, it would not have succeeded as well as it did. Yeah. So uh, three cheers to Hugo Dos Santos. Yeah, absolutely well done. Um, and, you know, I think everyone should check out the, the journal, and especially this this author, for sure. Yeah. Um, Hobartpulp.com. I met Aaron Birch. I think he's the head of Hobart. Um, oh, really? At a, at a writer's camp two summers ago. Really nice guy. Nice. I, that's Isn't that the best when you're yeah. like, Wow. I'm so pleased that this person who does good stuff is also like good as a person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I expect everyone to be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's not and, it's not difficult, you know what I mean? And most writer nerds are we're, we're generally nice people. Yeah, it's true. You just got to, you know, break somebody out of their shell a little bit. Yeah, the then, awkward ones. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It happens, you know. It's the book section of book record beer. It's the book section for your ears. I said, yeah. well, it's the book section of book record beer. Let's go listen to some tunes and grab a drink. Cheers. <laughs>